the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Thus it is written, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. There are no accidents in God's economy, only purpose, only plans, and they found theirs. I can see the promised land, though there's pain within the plan. There is victory in the end. Your love is my battle cry, the answer for all my life. Every dragon will fall, the mountains will move, every chain of the past you've broken into. All the fear of the lies, we're singing the truth that nothing is. Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's program, we'll be hearing a message from the sermon series that Pastor Keith has entitled, Cultivating Joy from the Ruins. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Look what happens here. They said to each other, did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Here the scriptures are again and their importance. You can sense their excitement. Joy is rising up from within them. They are rejoicing in the ruins of the world that they thought they knew. Joy is emerging within the apparent trial, within the crisis of faith, as things begin to click and as they begin to see things as they really are through the scriptures and with the punctuation point, the exclamation point of Jesus' reveal and miraculous disappearance. You just can't help but notice what they say. Did our hearts... Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Did our hearts not burn within us while he opened up the scriptures? The scriptures were mentioned to help them connect the dots, to help them see things as they really are, that God is at work here. God is not absent. No, not at all. God's sovereignly bringing about his predetermined plan in the life of the Messiah and their lives in the life of the whole world. You know, we find a reference to this elsewhere. 
in Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching at Pentecost to the same mob who had 40 days earlier said away with him. He's preaching a sermon that will lead to the salvation of thousands of people. But I want you to look at what he says here in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 to 24, because it helps you understand there's no chance here. Everything's going according to plan. And in Acts 2.22, we read this. Men of Israel, that's Peter talking, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which, which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to the cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was not since it was impossible for him to be held by its power. As Acts 2 indicates, and as these two men learn on the way to Emmaus, God is at work in all things, causing all things to work together for good. The two on the road to Emmaus can now begin to see beyond their experiences, to look beyond their five senses through the lens of Scripture, through the Word of God. This really takes us to the importance of Scripture in making sense of our everyday existence, particularly in times like these, to finding joy among the ruins, joy in the hardships of life. In the midst of the most difficult trials we can imagine, we can count it all joy because we know God's character, we know God's presence, we know God's power, and we know God's purposes. If you want to find your place in the universe, look to the Scriptures. If you want to know where you fit in on planet Earth, in this city, in this county, in whatever state you live, within the family and the community in which you live, look to the scriptures. Scripture, as we talked about earlier, is critical to understanding your world and your place in that world and your place in God's plan for that world. And that's where you find your joy, your purpose, your understanding. I remember in my own life, as a new believer, wrestling with what I believed and trying to understand it. And I wanted to understand that Jesus was God. And I remember looking in John 1 and seeing it for the first time, that Jesus is God. It changed my world. It changed everything about my life. I understood my place in this world, and that led me out of the corporate world and into full-time vocational ministry. Everything changed for me as it did for them and as it can for you. Verse 33 Watch what happens now. The two, it's clicking. They're seeing things more clearly. It's, everything's becoming clear. And it says in verse 33, And they rose that same hour, they didn't, they didn't delay, and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together. What are they doing? They want others to know that Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. That it's not over. And with peace in their minds and joy in their hearts, they head back to Jerusalem. Not a place that was particularly friendly toward Christ followers at the moment. Let's look at verses 33 and 34 together. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon, has appeared to Peter. Good news travels fast. They're coming back to say, guess what, guess what? And before they can say it, the others say, Christ has risen indeed and he's appeared to Peter. Everybody is excited because everything is coming together. They're seeing things in a way they have never seen them before. And in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that hostile, Christ-unfriendly city, they have joy. 
They told the eleven and others with them how they recognized him suddenly. Watch this play out in verses 35 to 37. Then they, the two on the road to Emmaus, told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. That was the giveaway. He was known to them in the breaking of bread. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, as he often says, peace to you, or some translations say, peace be with you. Look at this in verse 37. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they saw a spirit. Some translations say a ghost. What do we see here? Jesus has a way of making his presence known through the breaking of bread, through these appearances. And we see in verse 41, And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of bread, a broiled fish. And he took it and ate it before them. What's going on here? Jesus has said, look, I'm not a ghost. I'm real. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, touch me. Feel me. See that I'm real. Do you have anything to eat? He eats it. You know what? Hallucinations and ghosts don't eat fish or anything else. He shows them that he's real. And he points them to their source of understanding, the source of making, of finding joy in their present situation. Don't miss this in verses 44 to 47 because it's just as much applicable to you and me as it was to them and, the, them, them and those with them. Verse 44 to 47. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He's like, none of this should be a surprise. Then, verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand what? The scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. There are no accidents in God's economy. Only purpose, only plans, and they found theirs. God was involved in every aspect of Jesus' earthly public ministry, including his arrest, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. And what does Jesus do to drive that home, to help them to make sense of their existence? He explains the scriptures. He marches them through the scriptures. Genesis on. He showed them their place in the universe through what the scriptures said. It's right there in the text. Your place, my place, their place. And he reminds them that none of this should have surprised them because the scriptures laid all of this out in advance. Let me just read it for you again. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you. He told them this was going to happen while I was still with you, that everything written about me Written about me, he's claiming Messiahship, in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Isaiah 53, Daniel 9, 16, the Messiah is cut off. Then he opened their mind to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer on the third day and rise, and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, to all people, beginning from Jerusalem. 
Consider then the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. Everything went as planned. Everything went as planned. The predetermined plan of God was outlined in the scriptures, specifically talking about how they would look on him whom they have pierced and weep for him. How the Messiah would be cut off. It's there from Genesis through the Psalms and beyond. And look what he says to them, because here's where they fit in. Here's their place in history. Here's their place in the plan of God, in the kingdom of God, prior to going home to be with God. Verses 48 and 49. Do not miss this, because it applies to you and to me. You are my witnesses. You are witnesses to these things. And behold, look, I am sending you the promise of my Father upon you. That will be the coming of the Holy Spirit. Here's the joy in the resurrection. It reveals your place, our place, their place in the universe, in this world, in this momentary life. We have the same purpose that they had. We're going to start in our home place. In their case, it was like Jerusalem. In our case, it's here. In our home communities. And we're going to tell everybody that we can how to find joy, peace, and forgiveness in Christ. All nations, all people, all backgrounds, where you are, that the coming of Christ, his death on the cross, was no accident, no historical train wreck. It was part of the predetermined plan of God described in the Bible hundreds of years before it took place. And it reveals a person's place in the world because when somebody embraces Christ, when somebody trusts Christ, they become his witness, his messenger. Special messengers. Again, verse, verse 48, verse 48 and 49. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending you forth with the promise of my Father upon you. I am sending you to testify, to bear witness, to tell others. And God's hand and power will be upon you. They, we, now have a role to play as a result of all these things that took place. And it's just the beginning. Their lives are not over. There's so much more ministry for them to do. They then and there, like you and me here and now, will bear witness to him until God takes us home. And that's where we will find fulfillment, peace, joy, and purpose in this life. God raised them up as he's raised us up for such a time as this. They have a mission. God has prepared everything that they need to complete their mission, regardless of their outward circumstances. And like them, you have a mission, regardless of what's going on in on the world now. I mean, this COVID-19 thing is causing people just to stop and in some cases look up, to look to God. And we are to be his witnesses. God has given you a mission. He's given you the, prov- the provision you need, the purpose and the power. And he is affording you and I as he afforded them the chance to make our joy in Christ shown and known, to point people to forgiveness, healing, restoration, redemption, and a life and a heavenly home. Don't miss what's going on here. Let's jump ahead to verses uh, 52 and 53. Let me tell you what's going on here. This is about 40 days later, and this is right before the ascension. So he takes them and he trains them for 40 days. And then he ascends into the clouds and he'll be he'll return visibly the way that he departed visibly. But their reaction at losing him this time is different. I mean, when you think about it, humanly speaking, they're back with him, reunited. They feel safe again. And now he's gone. 
The last time they panicked, the last time they wept, they cried, they lost hope. Watch what happens this time. Now that they know their place in the universe, now that they know their role on planet Earth, their purpose. Verse 52. So he rises up into the clouds and they worshiped him. And that worship includes some other things here. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple blessing God. Some translations say blessing and praising God. In the aftermath of the ascension at Christ's departure, their reaction wasn't worry, it was worship. Their response was joy, not why are you leaving us again? Look again. He was carried up into heaven and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Here all the lessons clicked for them. Now it all made sense. Now they understood the scriptures. Now they were tied to the scriptures for their marching orders. Christ had pointed them there to find purpose, to find peace of mind, to find joy in the resurrection, to find joy in the crucifixion. Things were going according to God's plan and they were now part of it. And you are too. You can be too. Their lives and sufferings would not be wasted. It all had a purpose, a real and lasting purpose meaningful purpose they were part of god's larger unfolding drama of redemption and they knew what role they played in that great drama and they were to start on the home front in jerusalem and take the message to the whole world and that's what they did god's plan for the salvation of of sinners was accomplished the debt was paid at the cross jesus said it is finished to talistai and the fact that it was that Jesus could be trusted was verified by his resurrection and his appearance to over 500 people. I want you to really zero in on verses 2 and 53. It says they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem. How powerful was their joy? How strong was their peace that surpassed all understanding? Return to Jerusalem? They just crucified Jesus in Jerusalem. Hostile Jerusalem. Jerusalem who kills the prophets. Who persecuted them. But now they go back with great joy. They are worshiping God. They are in the temple continually making their joy known and shown to a watching world. The Lord has risen indeed and we are his witnesses to tell others. So I want to just notice a couple of things here. They found their place in the universe. They understood their, the way forward. They understood their place. They understood their peace through the scriptures as explained to them by Jesus. They found their place on earth and they accepted it and embraced it. They turned from their expectations and embraced his. They were no longer fishermen, no longer shepherds, no longer carpenters, no longer tax collectors. They were witnesses to Christ. They found their purpose. Have you? Have you embraced your purpose? Because Christ's follower, as a follower of Christ, you have but one purpose. And all the other things are the kind of the clutter we need to sweep out of the way that may enable us to bear witness, but they are not the things that we're to be occupied with. We're to be occupied, you're to be occupied, I'm to be occupied with proclaiming Christ and making his joy and our joy known and shown. We have a heavenly home. They had a heavenly home. They had trusted Christ for salvation. And he has risen and risen indeed. And the question is, what would they do And what will you do? What will we do? I'm reminded that in Christ, through the scriptures, we can know our purpose. We can know what is 
coming, what the purposes are, that this is not the end of the world, this COVID-19 thing. It's the beginning of the next chapter in our ministry together. We need to prioritize. We need to clear the decks of the obstacles that, to serving Christ. We need to get rid of the trivial and the mundane and see them as just that. And in the joy of the Lord, go forth and share the gospel. Share the words of hope. Talk to people about the repentance that leads to forgiveness. When we turn from our sin and we embrace Christ for forgiveness and find purpose and find joy, even in the most difficult trials of life. Too many people live an entire lifetime not understanding their place in the universe, where they fit in. They can find it. They can find out in Christ through the scriptures in the power of God. Trust Christ and follow the scriptures. That's what this passage is about. Be students of the scriptures so that you can make sense of your existence and serve the Messiah and proclaim his message at home and abroad to a wider audience. So let me just give you sort of the big idea here, the actionable truth I want you to take away. The source of your joy in the resurrection is finding and taking your place in the universe as Christ's servant. Nothing else matters for eternity. Find purpose, and in doing so, find peace and joy as you fulfill that purpose. Thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. What do we do with all this? Well, here are some ideas for application. First, I want to address the Christ followers, the Christians who are listening or watching right now. Have you taken your place in God's kingdom? Have you picked up the mantle that has been laid before you, offered to you, and are are you fulfilling your role? Because if you're not, things are not going to seem quite right. There won't be the peace that you crave, the joy that you could know. This is where purpose and joy are found in representing Christ and forwarding his cause and his kingdom. And if this being Resurrection Sunday, if you've been off course, this is the season to get back on course. I want to talk to those who don't know Christ, who might know about God, who might have come to church, might be watching us out of curiosity. Find joy. Find joy. Joy that can never be taken from you, that can never be lost by embracing Christ, by repenting, by having a change of mind, a change of heart, and a change of direction, by not worshiping the things of this world, the trivial and the mundane, but surrendering yourself, your soul to Jesus Christ and finding your place on this planet in this life as well as a home in heaven. This is why we are here. This is why we find joy in the resurrection because the scriptures tell us who we are, what's going on, and help us to understand that the mission of God continues unabated regardless of the COVID-19 crisis, that there's neither height nor depth or things created or things visible or things invisible that can ever, ever separate you from the love of God in Christ. And you have a purpose to change this world one soul at a time with the message of Jesus Christ. Let's be about that purpose because Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that we will act, Lord, on what the scriptures tell us, that we will day to day fill our minds with the scriptures, understand our role, our purpose, and our place in this universe, on this planet, in this momentary life, and find joy among the ruins of this fallen, breaking, and broken world. 
Lord, we ask that you use us for your glory, the good of others, and yes, our own growth. And I pray, Father, if there's anyone here who doesn't know what it means to be born again, to find hope, healing, restoration, and eternal life and forgiveness in Christ, that today they would seek your face. They would cry out to you and say, save me, God. I want to be yours, Jesus. I've made a mess of things. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior, and you're it. Father, help us all today to find joy. Find joy in the resurrection because we know our place and our purpose on this planet, serving the Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with us today here on the program. And if you have questions about today's show, or if you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Keith, then I would encourage you to visit our website, hillsidechurch.org. There you can listen to past sermons and other content from Pastor Keith just by clicking the Sermon Archive tab. And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you, and thanks for listening. Amen.